You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Welcome back to Private Parts Unknown, a podcast about love and sexuality around the world. I'm Courtney Kosak, and today we're getting shameless about sex, as we should be. And we have two Dynamo babes who are all about shameless sex. In fact, so much so that they named their podcast Shameless Sex and They are coming out with a new book called Shameless Sex. It is Shameless Sex, Choose Your Own Pleasure Path to Unlock the Sex Life You've Been Waiting For. That sounds freaking amazing. So we are going to be talking to Amy Baldwin and April Lampert. And I love these babes. They are also a part of the Pleasure Podcast Network. And we have just a really awesome crew over there of sex positive podcasters and Our conversation touches on STI stigma, just the cultural stigma that we all absorb around sexuality. And it's a really lovely conversation. I think you're definitely going to get something out of it. And I am so excited about this book. I hope you are too. So here we go. I'm April. And I'm Amy. Co-hosts of the Shameless Sex podcast and co-authors of Shameless Sex. It's a book that will change your life. So I cried reading your book proposal. You did? <laughs> oh, that's you so sent sweet. it to me like as a reference, right? And I was like legit crying just at the proposal. So <laughs> I think that bodes well. But I think the part that really resonated with me off the bat is your individual stories in terms of sexuality and stuff. So I wanted to get each of your origin stories. Happy to share. There were so many typos in that proposal, too, by the way. I'm surprised you. I'm glad you got the message. (laughs) And I want to say that what what you saw in the proposal, a lot of it didn't make it in the book, right? Because we wrote so much content. When we turned in the book, we turned in 100,000 words. Oh, you got the And they only wanted 75 to 85,000. They're like, we got to cut some of this. So I don't know what stories made you cry, but some of them are not even in the book, unfortunately, because you can't share all of that. I mean, there wasn't room for all of it. Yeah, I saw your your stories in this are are truncated for Mm -hmm. sure. But yeah. that's, hey, it's be- good fodder for the podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. April, do you want to start? I mean, I grew up in Minnesota. You grew up in Wisconsin. I know the vibe there. It's, you know, not necessarily the most sex positive. So you sort of have to chart your own path. So tell me about some of the hangups on- along the way. Mm-hmm. Well, really, it wasn't anything. Sex was never, we barely had any sex education in, I think, maybe one class. I remember junior year, and it was watching a child birthing video, which was horrendous, like a VHS <laughs> tape. And then it was about the anatomy, but that was about it. And then we we had one gym class that the gym teacher showed us how to put a condom on a banana, and everyone was dying. So that was, sex was something that I didn't really talk about with my friends, never talked about it with my mom. And I guess just saw the birthing video and was like, that's not going to happen to my vagina. No, thank you. Uh, So that was definitely part of my teenage years. So I never, I never thought sex would be something that I would talk about to humans, other humans on the planet. And then, um, I, I guess it came down to meeting Amy for sure. But when I got an STI when I was 17 from, 
you know, now looking back, I always blamed the ex-boyfriend, my first boyfriend I had had sex with for the first time, but learning more about how HSV1 is transferred from oral to genitals, I'm like, hmm, it could have been a bunch of other dudes. So that being said, though, my mom told me my life was over. She didn't even know I was having sex because we never talked about it. Planned Parenthood, I would go there by myself before um, my mom knew I was having sex to get birth control like secretly. And then I don't know if you can still do that, but you could in the 90s. I and think you can. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I hope so. That's left Planned Parenthood. And, and like they grab bag of condoms. So when my mom took me to the doctor to go get checked at, because something was happening to me and I didn't know and I lied to her, she, it, she was just like, what's happening? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I fell and I don't remember because it's a lot of pain. So after she found that out, told me I had my life was over. Then I never talked about sex. Like then I was like, oh my God, I am disgusting, right? Because people talk about herpes as like the the oh, death sentence. Yeah. Yes. So I really was shame like had so much shame around sex. And you know, I was a ma- I masturbated in an early age though, like f- from five until maybe six. I didn't know what I was doing. And then onwards and upwards from there. So I was incredibly aware of what an orgasm felt like very early on, but never had had one with any partner. And so fast forward to meeting Amy, I graduated from University of Minnesota and I'm a golden gopher. Yeah, Courtney. (laughs) Uh, And I moved out to California just to start my my LSAT journey of studying for the LSATs and and figuring out where I was going to go to law school. So meeting Amy, she was studying human sexuality and psychology. And then she was when we were waitresses and she's a, a bit younger than I am. So she was almost 21. And she was telling me about this dream she had to open a sex shop because there's all these sex positive sex shops all over. And um, she's like, when I finish, I'm going to open this with this sex shop. First of all, I was like, really? People have pipe dreams. That sounds great. But okay. All right. <laughs> Second of all, all the sex shops or adult stores I'd ever come across were scary or disgusting, but I'd never been inside one. And I just would drive by and they had like no windows and a triple X sign. They're for creepy And like maybe boarded up windows. Yeah, yeah. 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 (laughs) And dudes are always walking out of there like looking around like they just robbed a bank, you know, like (laughs) did anybody see me? Yeah, so I was, that's what I envisioned when Amy was talking about a sex shop and she's like, I'm gonna open it with my mom. And I was like, okay. And I knew her mom and loved her mom and that didn't actually weird me out at all. Because they're like, Californian, they're so progressive. I was like, absolutely, they are. So when she asked me eventually if I wanted to be a manager at the store, I was like, Amy, I don't have a vibrator and I know nothing about sex toys. I know nothing about sex, really, except that I, I crack jokes about it. it. Like when we were in the kitchen at the, the restaurant we worked at talking about getting spanked at this Burning Man party, like this innocent Wisconsin girl. I was like, oh my God. And Amy just was stoked. So... That was how the entry came in. When my mom, when I had to, I had to lie to my family about working in a sex shop at a retail, high-end boutique sex shop. And I didn't finish that part. It was not a truck stop that Amy and her mom opened. It, it was not, no. this beautiful <laughs> store that I felt so safe and comfortable in. And part of the requirement for working there per Amy's, all of her education was getting a lot of the right, the right uh, ways to speak to people, to be inclusive, to try the sex toys, to watch some of the instructional porn, um, if you want to, to read the books. So I started getting all of this knowledge and thought it was like it cracked me open, thought it was so cool that people 
could have sex in all these different ways. And also that um, there wasn't as much shame about talking about sex in general. That's how my origin story started. But I had a lot of my mom about working at the sex shop. Mm -hmm. I told her I worked at a lingerie store that had some cosmetics and (laughs) the occasional- Cosmetics for your pussy. Yeah, the occasional like, (laughs) oh, wild romance night stuff. And then when she came to visit me, I took her into the store and she was like, oh, oh, oh. (laughs) There was some oh, lingerie there. There was, so, so I wasn't a total lie. lie. <laughs> what does she think now? So it's funny because she used to work at this church. She's retired now, and she's not even super old. She's like kind of a 63-year-old young woman, but she's Midwestern and super small-town Midwestern. Like, she'll see a person with a uh-huh. mohawk and be like, April, look at that guy with a mohawk. I'm like, okay, <laughs> mom, you are definitely, you need to get out more. Um, so to her, I don't know what she tells her friends, but I obviously wrote this book with Amy, and she's a huge advocate for it. She's already bought a few copies. Oh. And I asked her if she's telling your friends. She's like, I am, but a lot of them are churchies. And I just don't know how they'll feel. And I was like, well, mom, it's not a book that uh, you can be ashamed about telling your friends about. And, you know, if they want to take off the, the book uh, jacket and just have that, you know, shameless sex not on the cover, they can do that. But she's definitely proud. She's a proud mom now and is, I think, starting to get comfortable with asking me questions about sex, but it's a long road. Okay. It's a very long road. Well, I mean, first of all, the STI stigma is so crazy. I can't even believe we perpetrate that on people. It's like insane. So I think just adding your story to the mix is like a good, you know, reference point for people to have. And then, yeah, I hope books like this and like your podcast and all the kind of stuff we do in this space gives more resources to people that grew up in these small towns like we did. And like, they don't have to go on this 20 year long arc to (laughs) find themselves sexually. I have a lot of friends that reach out to me on Facebook with questions that I grew up with. They're like, hey, I never told anyone this, but I haven't had sex with my husband in like, you know, three years. Is that bad? And I'm like, okay, all right. Look, we're going to (laughs) talk. Like, listen to this episode. Read our book. Read our book. Well, that was before we had a book. But that's the thing. There's like no safe place for a lot of people. They don't feel like there is a safe place. And I'm safe because they grew up with me. So they know Uh me. And they know I grew up with probably conservative, like a conservative background around sex as well. So I think that's really great. And I hope that that does crack open some of the the folks in the more conservative regions of the the nation and, and the world, really. Yeah. Hey, privates, privates with penises, I'm talking to you. (laughs) Our sponsor, Fleshlight, can help you reach new heights with your self-pleasure. And that is because Fleshlight is the number one selling male sex toy in the world. And they don't just leave you hanging over there. At Fleshlight, you can explore sex toys with expert guides and advice, especially if you're a beginner or you're looking to level up. If you have been listening to the show for a while, you know how I feel about self-pleasure and it is very, very good. And I definitely endorse using sex toys. I have a lot of fun with sex toys myself. So with the Fleshlight Girls series, you can embrace your wildest porn star fantasies with a different porn actress every night. What? With the variety of models, sensations, and intensities, you can live out limitless fantasies. And you can automate your fantasies with a universal launch that fits most Fleshlight products. With its innovative touch control system, just set the controls, sit back, and enjoy. And you have pleasure right in your hands. 
Your pleasure is in your complete control. And as the ultimate male pleasure device on the market, it's as versatile as you are. Anatomical, stamina building, vibrating, or made for couples, you name it. You define your luxury moment. And I just wanna say, if you have any shame around sex toys, please don't. It is so much better than being weird with girls because you feel kind of desperate or whatever. Fleshlight just allows you to chill out, wait for the right girl when she comes, and in the meantime, you know you are gonna be getting yours and having a good time, so you don't even have to sweat it. And right now, Fleshlight is offering Private Parts Unknown listeners 10% off your order with our code PRIVATE10. So you just go to ppupod.com, that's the website, ppupod.com. You click Fleshlight and you use the promo code PRIVATE10 to get 10% off your delicious new device. Again, that is ppupod.com and enter code PRIVATE10 and it really helps support the show. It helps support yourself and your own sex drive. So go ahead and use the link in the episode description. We can all be horny together. We can keep this podcast going. So get yourself a flashlight and get yourself off. Amy, I saw that you just had Zachary Zane on your podcast and your journey is kind of similar in that, you know, he was like, you can still have all this shame and this like cultural stuff that you deal with, even if your parents are like, cool. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Even if it's not a familial thing. So tell us a a little bit about your journey. Yeah. When he said that, I really resonated with that. I I was like, that's totally me. And I grew up in Santa Cruz, California in a household with, uh, you know, definitely dysfunction in there. It's not a perfect household, but there wasn't shame around sex. My dad did not say, you have to wait till you're married or or he didn't even want to meet my boyfriends. He just didn't care. He just wasn't a very present dad in general. So blessing and a curse in that one. And I definitely have daddy issues. And my mom let me know that when I wanted to become sexually active, I could just come to her and get on birth control. Like that was totally okay, normal. I could have sex in my room. They would rather that me do that than like, you know, in the car in some weird alley. And um, (laughs) so I grew up knowing that sex was normal, not a shameful thing. And that I also, it helped me to be a very, very responsible person with my sexual health from a young age. But I still received a lot of shame from everywhere else <laughs> from you know media to first sexual experiences to not just first sexual experiences a lot of sexual experiences and you know I, so I received comprehensive sex education in school which was better than probably what you guys received in the Midwest and yet I didn't learn about pleasure because they don't really teach that they don't mm-hmm. teach about how to have orgasms how to masturbate your pleasure is just as equal to anyone else that you're being intimate with still felt like I lived in a very penis centric society and I still feel that today and So when it came to being intimate with other people, I wasn't advocating for my pleasure. And so I've had a lot of experience with coercive sex. I mean, the first, it's in, this actually made it in the book. The first penis I ever touched was uh, a friend's twin brother when we were like 13, who we're all in the same room together. Like my friend's in the room too. And um, it's in the dark and he's like, we massage my back. And he was someone that he also used to pick on me. He was like the spoiled rich kid. So I was like a little intimidated by him and I was like, you know, massage my back. And now we massage my chest and now my belly. And then he just took my hand, started jacking off his small... (gasps) 
penis because 13 was that the year old seven penis. seconds in heaven is that what no were they playing that no, no we were just, just all in a room oh, yeah, okay. like because i think she, my friend who at the time she was like making out with uh or like kind of like you know jun- junior high or early high school dating um one of her twin brother's friends so we're all in the same room and, and it's, but so i was like you know i became a jack-off device for someone and oh this is my first experience with a penis and that really mm-hmm. shaped my my view of sexuality it took a while to get out of that like I'm just here to take care of someone else's pleasure mode. And I had other sexual experiences after that, like with dudes in in high school saying like, well, uh, you know, it's been fun making out with you and I'll continue to hang out with you if you suck my dick. Otherwise, I'm going to go hang out with the boys. That happened multiple times, like at least three times with three different guys. Yeah. That's fucked. So like, again, I'm just a piece of meat here to like tend to your needs and you're not even offering to tend to my needs. Those three, actually one of them I did give into. So a lot of coercion and a lot of uh, disregarding myself as a sexual being and not really understanding my pleasure. So that's what really got me into this path of human sexuality, wanting to go to school for psychology and human sexuality was I just didn't understand it. Like everyone says it's supposed to be fun and enjoyable. I'm not really having that great of a time, but I'm like, I want to be sexual and I feel sexual in my body. I just don't know. I, and I had, didn't know how to give myself an orgasm. I had finally had my first orgasm from a vibrator when I was 18. Thank goodness. I love vibrators. And yeah, so that's what really like pushed me in that direction. And then I realized one, it's serving multiple purposes. One, I'm learning so much about myself Two, I loved learning every like every second of every course I was taking. I loved it. And so I was like, well, if I'm going to go to school for an extended period of time, might as well be for sex. And yeah. then it just continued to expand from there, opening a sex shop, becoming a sex educator, a sex and relationship coach, starting the podcast, uh, working for Uberloop, whom I worked for for a long time, and now a book. So that's me in a nutshell (laughs) and still working on the shame today, but now I have a lot more tools uh, and, you know, so April and I have a lot more tools that we were able to now put into the book for folks. And it's not just about working with shame. It's about sex and relationships in general, about how to kind of like choose your own adventure or choose your own pleasure path to really uncover and become or live as the ultimate sexual being or relational beings about relationships too, that really pertains to you as a unique person. Um, And so it's kind of like a map or guide for folks. It's like the book I wish I had. And I know Amy wishes she had when I was a teenager, when I was in my 20s, when I'm in my 30s. Now I can speak to being in my 40s and being like, I'm so stoked this book exists. We're going to be reading our own book when we're 50s. I'm not (laughs) totally because there's so much good information and podcasts are a great resource, as you know, Courtney, but you have to siphon through a ton of information and a ton of of the rhetoric that goes on to get where what you want for the information. This you can you can just mark the page, highlight what you want, and then flip back to it. And Mm -hmm. I'm gonna like listen to the audible and while I'm looking at the hardcover book um read it and, together and read it together because i want to know i want to know how how it, it flows how does it land i know i was hoping to listen to you guys to prepare for this but it's not out yet um not available yet yeah one thing that you guys said that i mean you touch on in the book and definitely i heard you talk about as i was preparing for this conversation but like the pleasure piece is so crazy how, I mean, I had that too. I was an early masturbator. So I was definitely like a sexual being, but I still didn't think sex was about me. You know what I mean? Like my pleasure was not a central part of the experience until like I was in my late twenties, I want to say. And that I think is just so crazy, but I'm sure it's a common experience. So what would you say to a person who is well into their 20s, who has still not thinking about sex in that way? How can they get started kind of 
recentering themselves. Recentering their pleasure. You're speaking to if they are like if they're not motivated by sex, or they haven't like, probably had. I any- hadn't even had a vibrator. Okay, I was talking about I was, that, that sex being like for them and not just for other people. Yes, yes, yes. yeah. Like I mean, you were talking about Amy. Yeah, I think that's uh, still so common. I want to say it's probably more female-identified, vulva-owning yeah. folks, women, um, as opposed to penis-owning folks. But that's that's not completely true, right? So a lot, plenty of penis-owning folks kind of fit that category as well I experienced that as well uh, but you know for hundreds upon hundreds of years women have been cultured to be caretakers of the world and of their family and of their in heterosexual relationships their male uh, partner so of course that still shows up in sexuality even though we've come a long way so I think I, I, one thing I would say if someone really wants to to open up to stepping out of that would be education really it's Listening to podcasts, reading the books, talking to people, uh, sharing with people your you know your experience. I guess the step before that is acknowledging that that is something that is even happening within your your body or your being or in your yeah in your experiences. And then yeah, educating yourself about everything that's out there, all of the possibilities. Hearing other people's personal stories about how they too have been there, what the work that they have done to step outside of that. And I'm sure I actually already have a feeling I know what April's going to say, which I'll just hint at is probably going to be self-pleasure <laughs> um, as being a powerful practice. So I'll let April comment on that one. Well, I think the thing is some people, because I've talked to people before, they're like, I don't masturbate. I don't I don't like to. And, and so I typically, the next question is, well, how is your sex life? Because sometimes they're married or they're partnered. And they'll be, I, I want to say, probably nine out of ten times, fine. That's the answer. That's and I'm fine. like, hmm. So do you want great relational like sex and intimacy or do you just want fine for the rest of your life? And that is the key. It's self-pleasure mm-hmm. to figure mm-hmm. out what you want. Because how much of this like sex that I've had that was all about my partner's pleasure. I never was able to have an orgasm with my partner because I thought it was about him. I was always like, oh, well, obviously I know I'm probably not going to get off because I don't get off this way. So I'm just going to like hopefully have him come and probably fake my orgasm. So he comes faster and then I'll just get on with it. And then I'll go masturbate in the bathroom in a couple of hours when it's like all secretive and closeted. But now bringing that into the self-pleasure practice into my relationship, it's so fun. Incorporating vibrators into my sexual experiences with my partner has almost guaranteed me to be able to orgasm every time I have sex. Nothing is is always though. and uh, Nothing is always right. and never, right? Don't use the superlatives. Uh, <laughs> so nothing is in there too. <laughs> nothing, nothing. So most of the time I will be able to orgasm because I've been incorporating vibrators. Now, if someone shames you for that, which uh-huh. I have been shamed before in previous relationships, oh, you really need a vibrator. I'm not good enough for you. What This dick doesn't do it for you. And I'm like, no, it's not even about that. It's not about you right now. This is about me. Mm-hmm. And if you want to help me have an orgasm, then you can either sit there and be a little dick puppet and shut the fuck up and watch me use my my vibrator, or uh, you can sit here and complain and I'm not going to see you again. Or option C is let's incorporate, like open up, a, your, broaden your mind and see that yeah. pleasure is pleasure. Yeah. And just because I'm having pleasure in this way that seems non-traditional or doesn't just involve your glorious cock or mouth or hands, like don't make it about you, don't make it personal. And to see like, wow, pleasure is pleasure. Like actually step outside of yourself and be happy for my experience. And we talk about sex toys all the time in our show because we love sex toys. Really? And we have sex without mm-hmm. sex toys. We have orgasms without sex toys. We've had to learn how to do that too. And- so we talk about it as 
the bonus, right? It's like, here's something that can be really wonderful with or without it, but sex toys are a nice addition or a bonus. And yeah, yeah pleasure is pleasure. Why hate on and it? And also the orgasm gap is a real thing. Oh, yeah. And yes. so if, if someone out there doesn't know about the orgasm gap, we talk about it in our book. There's a lot of content on the internet about it as well. But it is because the clitoris takes on average, vulva owners take on average four times longer. So if it takes a penis owner 10 minutes, it's going to take you 40 minutes, right? Just to get blood flow to and get, arousal. To get yeah. blood flow. And I'm not, I'm just using that timing as an example, but it's going to be a significant amount more for the blood flow for arousal to happen. So if you're a penis owner listening, if you're a dude listening and you are in a relationship or partnership, or you hook up with vulva owning humans, then think about that foreplay is necessary. It's not just going to be like, Hey, you know, you drop your drawers and the shirt comes off and, and now I'm so tits, turned on and now you're so turned on and yeah. then you can just penetrate. It takes nope. some warm up. So yeah. that's important too. So it's education. As Amy said, first and foremost, it has to be everyone caring about pleasure. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's not just about getting off. Mm-hmm. It's about what, what things turn you on and then applying those things, but you're not going to learn about those things unless you do a self-pleasure practice. And mm-hmm. that doesn't just mean using sex toys. You can, you could watch like various like hot scenes. Porn's great for entertainment, not for education, but you could watch certain things and see what turns you on too by yourself or with your partner. There's lots of avenues. Yeah, but masturbation is really the, the way to figure out what, yeah. and then also like April says this on our podcast all the time and you know this, Courtney, but like, we can't rely on someone else to give us the pleasure all the time or, or, in, or teach us what our pleasure is because they're not us right so it's our birthright and also quite a gift for us to be able to go and explore that on our own it might take time but uncover what we like and then then be able to teach other people as opposed to waiting for them to show us or teach us yeah and then if you want to use the word dick puppet ever go ahead okay (laughs) (laughs) I think it does like trickle beyond your sexuality though when you start to feel like you're worthy of being centered in the experience like that is just a thing that helps your self-actualization beyond the bedroom totally yep Mm -hmm. so we're running out of time but tell us a little bit more about the kind of journeys that listeners can expect to go on through your book like what can they learn so what we did was we took you know many years of our top sex questions and we realized there's some key themes that are kind of under, underneath all of these sex questions. And so the book is in eight different chapters that um, each chapter is one of these is these themes. So it's, am I normal? Am I broken? Are we broken? How do I ask for what I want or even know what I want? Things like that. So And then, it, then it's spicy stuff too. Like how do I spice up the bedroom and have a really vibrant sex life and become a sexual master? And so people, we kind of start with a little more of the heavies and then move into more of the fun light stuff because you generally need to work through some of the heavies to get to the light stuff mm-hmm. and and Which, it's, it's but, the heavies is usually having to deal with your past yes too, exactly to, and, to and get it's to the not present. heavy for everyone to do that just for some people it can be especially there's a lot of trauma and shame especially if you're new to uncovering it but it's written kind of like a choose your own adventure book where I know we're dating ourselves if you're like 18 you're like what are you talking about uh, but, <laughs> which is a fun fictional book on kind of creating the story um, the storyline but ours is not fiction it's nonfiction and it's called Choose Your Own Pleasure Path. Not, our title is Shameless Sex, but it's Choose Your Own Pleasure Path, uh, where you, so say here's your sex issue. I 
I can't orgasm dur- during penetrative sex is you know, what's wrong with me. Instead of us saying, here's the answer, it's, well, what's the outcome you want? Do you want to learn to how to, to orgasm during penetrative sex? Do you want to actually learn to just be like comfortable with that and to own that part of yourself and have other ways to have pleasure? Do you want to learn how to talk to your partners about this? So you decide what the outcome is, and then you go to that page to work through, to have, look at all the tools and options and practices available for you. Uh, and then you can apply those, and then, then maybe in a month, woohoo, I figured this out. It's all clear and sunshine and rainbows. But then six months later, maybe something else is challenging for you. So you can come back to our book because it will have likely have something related to that issue. So it's something you can come back to time and time again, um, regardless of where you are in your life. It's a practice as well, everybody. The journey of life is a practice. That's why you go to the gym or you work out, right? Because you can't just read about it uh, and expect and get to, muscles. <laughs> yeah, expect to get all beefed up. You have to practice what you're learning and implement the tools. Which it, it is sad that there's not a, a little pill that you can swallow to fix all your problems in life. Right? That's usually a temporary band aid if you're going to swallow something. Meaning pills. Okay. Yeah. What <laughs> Swallowing are we other about? things is fine, <laughs> but. Uh, that's the practicing what in applying what you're reading is really important. And I do think that if you're changing, if you're in a relationship and you're changing and evolving like humans do, you're always going to have something come up and Mm -hmm. some things may not be obvious. And that's why it's important to read the book cover to cover and not just go to, you know, the spicy, steamy sex parts, because you're going to have to kind of refer back to things that might be affecting or impacting what's currently happening. Although the spicy, steamy sex part, so chapter seven, might send you back to chapter one. Well, usually Because it might be like, oh, wait, here's the outcome you desired. It might have to do with doing doing this work. So we wrote this book in past, present, future, according. It is not an easy book to to write. It was not an easy book to do the Audible for, but we did The publisher was like, holy (laughs) shit. We had two two editors helping us too. And they were like, whoa, (laughs) this is a lot. So, but- it's yeah. we're so we're so proud of it and yeah. it, it really is for anyone any relationship style uh, sexual orientation gender single, obviously single yeah harder. it doesn't matter even any age any demographic if you're from Canada to Russia it's not translated so if you we're read hoping. English and you can you can benefit from what the words on the on the page and we're really advocating for the pre-orders everyone because pre-orders really help their book grow and get out there on lists um, so that more people can receive shameless sex I know Courtney will have a book out someday when she'll be on our show talking about it um, so when she does you Yay! pre-order that book yeah. um, with pre-ordering especially the hardcover is really important for, so if you pre-order the hardcover that really helps us and then once we grow then maybe we can get shameless sex translated into other languages to get sex positivity out there to the world beyond just people who speak English as their first language. And it's not just our advice too. Yeah. It's, it's like not just experts. us talking about yeah, like, it. It's experts yeah. and therapists and doctors and all sorts of things. So yeah. privates, we got to help make shameless sex a bestseller help spread the word. So make sure you get your copy and you guys, it's an amazing tool. And I was just so stoked to get it in the mail and see it evolve from the book proposal that I got to read and made me cry. So, I mean, congratulations. I am so proud to know you guys and I can't wait to see how it goes. Thank you. Thank you. We love you, Courtney. Yeah. Love you. Bye. Thanks again to Amy and April. I am so excited for this Shameless Sex book, and I hope you are too, and I hope you are just over on bookshop.org pre-ordering your copy. I have gotten a preview, and it's a really amazing guide. So definitely highly recommend. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Private Parts Unknown. Stay tuned right here. I have got another sexy episode coming your way next week. And to make sure you're notified of the latest episodes, look down and make sure you're following us on your favorite podcast player now on Spotify. It's like a bell button and a follow on most apps. It's like a follow or a subscribe. And to stay in touch between episodes, you can follow me at Courtney Kosak. That is K-O-C-A-K on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm actually posting on TikTok too. So if you want to follow me over there and you can follow the show at Private Parts Unknown on Instagram and at Private Parts Un on Twitter. And I am shamelessly trying to hit the top 1% on OnlyFans always and forever. So if you are interested in a Playboy style peek behind the podcast, you can subscribe to my OnlyFans account. It is OnlyFans.com slash Coco Peep Show. Again, OnlyFans.com slash Coco Peep Show. And of course, subscribe to our newsletter at privatepartsunknown.substack.com. There is a link for that in the episode description. And the Private Parts Unknown YouTube channel has been resurrected. There are new videos with Gigi Ingle, Dr. Amir Marashi, Multi Amory, Lola Jean, Samaya Burton, and soon we've got Mistress Colette coming up. So check it out. It is youtube.com slash private parts unknown. Again, youtube.com slash private parts unknown. And make sure you subscribe. It really helps us out in the algorithm. And shout out to Amy Rausch for the bomb-ass theme music. For more info about Amy and her music, check out amyrausch.com. That is Amy, R-A-A-S-C-H.com. This episode was mixed by my ride-or-die audio guy, Michael Castaneda of Plastic Audio. And after enjoying this content, could we ask you for a quick favor? Just go to ratethispodcast.com slash private and give us a five-star rating and review. I want to shout out a new review we got from Alicia all the way from Australia. Alicia says, funniest podcast. I regularly laugh out loud while listening. I think you're both legends and I want to thank you for talking about things that seemingly no one else is talking about, at least not in my life, haha. And helping to normalize these conversations. I particularly found your Tokyo series great as I am looking to travel there next year. Thanks guys. Awesome. Yes, I went to Tokyo with previous co-host Sophia and it was an amazing trip all of our travel episodes are so bomb.com so definitely check out those series and thank you so much for the review Alicia if you want to leave a rating and review you can go to ratethispodcast.com slash private or you can do it directly on apple podcasts or spotify and we actually have some rating goals we are currently at 275 ratings on apple podcasts and we would love to get to 300 and we are at 122 ratings on Spotify, and I just want to get to 125. So if you can help us out with a rating on Spotify, you just go to the upper left-hand corner of our page, click the star button, and then click all five stars, and voila, you have just made my freaking day. So again, you can help us out from anywhere, no matter where you're listening, by going to ratethispodcast.com slash private and leaving us a five-star rating and review. 
Plus, there's a new way you can support the show. We are now on the Fountain app. So if you are listening on Fountain or another V4V platform and you get value from this show, you can support us by sending a boostogram. You can even send us a comment along with your boost. And I have to say, those are my favorite messages to get because they come with a little bit of money. So I just want to shout out some recent commenters on Fountain. So TN Stacker boosted 100 sats and said, first time, not last time listener for the Colette Pervet episode. I love that episode too. And Walter W commented on the ayahuasca series. Hey, Courtney, I think I might be your biggest fan. I love this episode. Walter is curious to hear more about that. Walter, I have a new addition to that series coming out soon. So stay tuned. You're going to love it. And Walter also sent a message. Here's some extra sats for not leaving us hanging and releasing this second part for the Antonia Crane series. Yes, that was awesome. Dr. Chuckles boosted 100 sats and said, love it. Keep up the good work. Hutch boosted 500 sats and said, great, loving and learning. Hell yes. I love all these messages. So keep them coming. And thank you so much for sticking with me until the end. Until next time, stay curious and keep exploring. Love you, privates.